Hi, this is Corey Chambers in Los Angeles. Your home sold, guaranteed, or I'll buy it. Thanks for taking a minute to listen in. In a moment, I'll share with you some valuable information about this topic. Downtown Los Angeles, lofts and condos, and negotiation. How to turn a collapsing real estate market and a collapsing transaction into a successful escrow and closing. If you see any properties that are of interest to you, let us know. We will gladly send you a property information packet on any loft, condo, or house, or we will arrange for a private preview upon request. If you have a home you'd like to sell, you should know that I will guarantee the sale of your present home at a price acceptable to you, or I'll buy it for cash. This guarantee will allow you to buy your next home without worrying about selling your present home. To find out how much you could sell your home for, call me at 213-880-9910 now. You hear me breathing heavy? Yes, while I am excited to uh, talk to you, I'm breathing heavy because I'm walking my dog as I usually am um, near Elysian Park by downtown Los Angeles. And uh, so we just did a blog post today about downtown Los Angeles real estate, um, not only negotiations, but also the Alta loft at 200 North San Fernando Road that's in escrow. Uh, And um, whereas there's also another unit that's uh, smaller and um, overpriced that is not an escrow. And so there's also an opportunity on the website to get a list of homes that sold to find out how much your neighbor's loft sold for or how much the home down the street sold for or maybe find out uh, what your investment property in um, in Palm Springs is worth by looking at uh, what sold in that neighborhood. So that's on the bottom of the page, www.laloftblog.com. You just scroll down to the bottom of the page. If it's not there, you just search in the search box, www.laloftblog.com. You'll see a search box near the upper right corner, and you just type in... Um, best way to find this one is type in the word negotiate because we're going to be talking about the the blog post today talks about negotiating also in addition to talking about uh, homes that sold and how much they sold for so you can just search for the word uh, negotiate and let's get into talking about negotiation because since I've been doing a lot of negotiations for the last 10 years I want to be the one of the best negotiators to help my clients the best and I just read a recent book called getting more negotiate I think it was called getting more (coughs) excuse me (laughs) just sneezing a little bit of coronavirus and or Hay fever, 
probably more hay fever, although my eyes are not itching very much, so probably is a virus. By the way, there's a lot of coronaviruses, there's not just one, in case you were wondering. I think coronavirus is a number four most common cause of the common cold. And I think it also causes, well, yeah, I think it causes a lot of flu-like illnesses. Influenza virus causes flu-like illnesses, but I think so does coronavirus and lots of others. Excuse me while I blow my nose. To blow my nose. Just a moment while I blow my nose. Ah. Okay, gotta blow my nose. Just a moment. My nose has been running for a good month or two. There's a lot of pollution in the air today. I think people are making up for uh, for having less pollution um, a few weeks ago. I think they're putting a, putting out more pollution now. <laughs> I smell like burning garbage. There's also cut grass. Pretty much a complete total attack by everything on my nose, including pollen and a million microscopic gnats. Who knows how many gnats could be up my nose? <laughs> One good thing about being in the city is uh, fewer insects, but uh, we are in Elysian Park, which is a very large park, almost like almost as big as Griffith Park. Not quite the same. Uh, I think Griffith Park is much bigger, but this one's pretty huge as well. So let's just get back into talking about negotiating. So one of the ways that this um, property is an escrow that we just announced today, that it's an escrow, um, the Alta Loft, Unit 115, is because it took um, some, that took a lot of uh, negotiation. So I'm not going to go into too much about that because it's still not uh, closed. It's going to be closing escrow probably uh, the end of this week or beginning of next week. But I will talk about negotiation in general. And I'll talk about what the blog post talks about, which is that um, in this market, we're dealing with the biggest crash in history. Bigger than the Great Depression crash, bigger than the Great Recession crash, bigger than the 
tech crash, tech bubble crash, bigger than the housing crisis crash, bigger than anything is what we're dealing with. Of course, most people have not caught on because most people are not too good at looking at the right numbers. Most people don't understand economics. And economics itself is hard to... Uh, no one's going to pay you just because you're good at economics. you got to figure out how to turn that into making direct money, which for me, it's uh, helping buyers and sellers and taking the, it, transactions that normally would just fail as uh, anywhere from 30, 32% to 100% in some cases of escrows are falling out right now and that is because of the uh, biggest crash in history which people are hardly acknowledging the main thing that we can all acknowledge is that uh, we can't really tell what's happening with the economy when the government is handing out um, historic unprecedented amounts of money to individuals, companies, industries, bond markets, banks, everything. So uh, I think we can officially say that we're in a state of Soviet-style socialism. Uh, not quite, not quite that deep, but we're certainly in a European type of semi-socialism, for sure. Um, so that's why it's, it's hard to even, uh, it's hard for people to accurately describe what's happening with the economy, even when they know, because we really don't know what the Fed is going to spend uh, two, $2 trillion on tomorrow. And it's not that hard to calculate when the, every time the Fed drops another $2 trillion, um, divide that by $360 million, and that's how much comes out of each person's pocket, either directly or indirectly. So they're roughly dropping several thousand, anywhere from $25 to $25,000 of our money here and there and everywhere. So maybe we can afford $25 for them to drop, uh, but that's hard for a lot of people to pay that $25 every few days, uh, $250 every however often few weeks, and to pay that $25,000 per person that they drop uh, every number of years or so. It adds up. <laughs> and soon they're going to start dropping like fifty dollars or $100,000 per person. Well, that's a major problem because the average net worth per person is $119,000. So we're already getting close to having a major problem. And when they start dropping uh, 100,000, 200,000, or a million dollars per person, 
We got a major, major economic problem, which that's just right around the corner. But let's just get back to negotiating. It's a little bit more of a manageable topic. So negotiating, we gave about five different points for negotiating. Then we gave several big paragraphs of tips on negotiating on the Ellie Loft blog today. So take a look at that. Uh, I'll tell you what I um, remember since I'm not at my computer. I'm not able to see that lengthy article that I wrote that was based on that book, Getting More Negotiating. But I do remember a few things, so I'll cover those. Number one, a lot of these may sound obvious, but it helps to be reminded in case we deviate so we don't deviate from the obvious, which is start with a positive attitude with an outlook on what you want to accomplish from the negotiation, such as getting a good deal on a property, or if you're selling it, getting the most money for the property, or uh, if you're an escrow, while we are during in a coronavirus panic, uh, keeping it in escrow, negotiating to keep the property in escrow to get complete the transaction. Because we have right now what is called coronavirus force majeure, which is a clause in the contract, and it's a, a California realtors have sent out notices to home buyers and sellers to let them know that the buyer or the seller can cancel uh, if coronavirus uh, creates a problem that prevents them from completing the contract. And so it's a little bit vague and because it's not something that happens every very often. In fact, coronavirus force majeure has never happened before. Force majeure has happened, but it's very rare. It's for huge national disasters and huge pandemics, and uh, which this one is officially a huge disastrous pandemic. And so that's why coronavirus force majeure is in effect. So many contracts uh, have a force majeure clause. And the force majeure says that you may basically cancel, either party may cancel if there is this type of problem. So we've just sent out the notices saying that California force majeure is in effect and that the buyer and seller may cancel uh, due to a coronavirus problem or interference with the contract. And only an attorney can really give the legal details on that. But it likely is talking about anything, any part of the coronavirus that is causing a problem. The buyer or seller gets sick. Maybe if their spouse gets sick. 
we don't know all the details. Maybe if their kid gets sick. Maybe if, they're, uh, if they lose their job because of coronavirus. Or maybe if they just... Uh, we don't know the details. Maybe if they get depressed or worried or scared because of the coronavirus, then they could cancel. So those are things we don't know. But if a buyer and seller want to cancel and they say they're canceling because of the coronavirus force majeure clause, we can kind of tell by the way that coronavirus has been handled in general that it's being taken as the most serious of, of calamities. It's, coronavirus is to be taken among the most serious of threats uh, in history, which, of course, if you listen to my stuff, I say that while it is a serious threat, it's not uh, as big or bad as it's being made out to be. It most certainly is being exaggerated. So that's one thing that people have to really get clear on in their heads is um, how much uh, is it a huge disaster or is it not? Well, that's not the point. It's a huge disaster because it's one of the biggest flu-like epidemics uh, in a long time. It is, but other measures say that it's really uh, not too much different from the 2018 flu as far as the number of deaths. So uh, I think that uh, there's a good chance it can be worse than the 2018 flu, but that we know that the um, numbers are exaggerated because that has been more or less admitted to, albeit in doublespeak, by Dr. Burks uh, and Dr. Fauci. They have more or less admitted though not in those words, that it's, uh, you know, being mislabeled heart attacks or being mislabeled as coronavirus, and that uh, it's really not killed more flu than the 2018 uh, flu epidemic that, you know, nobody cared about. And suddenly everyone, everyone went from not caring to uh, destroying the entire economy over it. So it's... Uh, it's these extremes that are the problem. We're at, we're at the extreme overreaction phase. It's like, uh, okay, suppose you find out that the whole entire world is probably going to come to an end. In fact, it's already started happening. There's a huge meteor, a storm of meteors. It's already started like wiping out entire cities, okay? You have a choice of what you could do. You can... Uh, uh, enjoy life while that's going on. You could fully put everyone to work in some in a defensive posture, recruit everybody, draft everyone into the anti-meteor military of the, of the earth to fight against this. 
which is probably what we would want to do more or less. Um, you could force everyone at gunpoint to work on that project just to save as many lives as possible. Or you could just let volunteers um, join that army. Um, you'd have to decide how many people do you want to starve to death because instead of farming, they are working on a meteor um, army. <laughs> so there's lots of decisions that have to be made, and there is no perfect decision. Um, or you could really overreact and say, okay, we need to, um, even though it's going to kill, say, 80 million people, we're going to have to um, move everyone out of the way of where we think the medias are going to land. Uh, but we're not 100%. The numbers are a little sketchy, but we're going to do it anyway. So that might be an overreaction. We're not quite sure about the numbers of where it's going to land or how much, but some people think it's going to land in China. We have to evacuate China, and that's going to kill 80 million people, even though the numbers are not sure. There's a lot of debate over those numbers. So that may or may not be an overreaction. So that's what we're dealing with. The coronavirus force majeure is, I say, yes, it's serious, but there's an overreaction problem, considering that the, the data that we have, we know a lot of that data has end up being not correct um, and it is factually mislabeled or liberal, liberally labeled coronavirus as Dr. Burks called it but the crash itself is all it takes for these escrows to fall out it doesn't take a coronavirus force majeure but that just sort of adds to it. So that's why you have more people falling out than ever before, and the number of escrows falling out is going to increase because we have some of the worst numbers worse than the Great Depression. Many numbers are worse than the Great Depression. The speed at which the stock market fell, the size, the dollar amount that it fell, and also the speed at which people were fired, the number of people that have lost their jobs, not fired, but laid off, furloughed and laid off, and uh, some other numbers are worse than the Great Depression. So I just read that, uh, I'm not sure if it was uh, accurate, I sort of read two, um, just a f an hour ago, I read two things on Yahoo News, is like the worst the worst of all fake news. I used to read it every day, and now I generally don't look at it at all. They said that the Zillow said that the uh, we've reached the bottom of the housing market already, which of course that's not true. Ninety-nine percent chance that's not true because it takes six months for for real estate prices to. To move, it takes six months for real estate to officially do anything. So after two months, you're, they're going to call a bottom. Uh, I don't think so. 
<laughs> in fact, I pretty much know that's not true. And then I read another fake Yahoo News story that kind of contradicted that and said that um, that um, real estate is uh, having an issue and probably hasn't bottomed, although it didn't use those words, but it basically contradicted the, the other Yahoo fake news story. So the real news from someone who actually is in the industry uh, working every day and talking to buyers and sellers every day and who uh, uh, puts out metrics and statistics uh, every day is that um, it takes six months for those numbers to come in and then it takes uh, six months to two years to really know what the market has done. Uh, and I can tell you right now that being that the earnings reports and other economic reports are going to be getting worse and worse and worse, uh, stock market and real estate market and pretty much almost every other market, except for the toilet paper market, most other markets are going to be doing poorly. In fact, toilet paper might even start doing poorly because everybody now has more than enough toilet paper. They have an oversupply of toilet paper, and then they find that even uh, toilet paper goes into the toilet as it should. So negotiation, I started to explain that you need to have the right attitude, the goal, and also let's talk about some of the tactics, some of the basics. These are basic things, but these are very, very important, urgent basics. So that's why the book was so good. It covered the basics plus some advanced things, but it covered the basics very well in plain English. So, in plain English, it, um, basically the, uh, the moon is very pretty. It's a full moon with a streak of clouds going through it. Very beautiful. And the Elysian Park, it's now dark and it's very uh, dramatic as several people are standing around with their pants pulled down. And it's a very uh, dramatic evening <laughs> in Elysian Park. <sighs> There's like bugs falling on me. There's, There's coronavirus flying around. There's naked, exposed buttocks. <laughs> that's what we're seeing. That's, what, that's what's happening, folks. Um, fair number of people walking around. And um, at least half are wearing face masks. More than half. 60% roughly. Um, 60% are wearing face masks. Make that 50%. <laughs> say, say 50%, which is probably about how many people are using um, condoms here uh, when they engage in condom 
requisite activities in this very busy park. Um, but anyway, some people are probably hanging up as I talk about the park. Other people just want to know more about the park and forget about the economics. <laughs> but we're going to, we're going to, we, we said pretty much everything there is to say about the park. But I'll tell you if I see anything else. <laughs> if anything pops up, I'll let you know. Uh, so, but negotiating for real estate. Uh, I'm trying to remember, actually. I wrote two huge articles. So make sure you take a look at www.laloftblog.com. If it doesn't show up, then type in negotiate in the, in the search box there. Uh, this is the time of day that there are coyotes. I think I hear either a bird or animal or a small animal or a coyote in, in the book. This is where the uh, coyotes hang out, right in this corner here. In fact, I've seen a coyote. I've seen several coyotes right in this part of the park. Uh, my dog will, will usually, if the wind is the right direction, my dog will either start whining because he wants to see the coyote or my dog will start growling because uh, he, which means he believes it's a, a large uh, coyote. If he just smells it and doesn't doesn't get the impression that it's big, he will whine. But if he like sees it, that it's big or believes that it's big or scary, then he will he'll growl. Except the last time was right here around this bend, this curve in the trail, this very walked on hard dirt trail. Um, he started whining. I looked, I looked carefully uh, in the bushes, couldn't see anything. I turned on the flashlight of my phone and shined it and I saw the two large glowing yellow green eyes of a large coyote. Well, uh, what else about, um, there's a whole bunch of points in there. One is don't push the negotiations too far. If the, if the person, when you're trying to get uh, someone to do something for you um, that requires a substantial amount of talk, whether it's sales or negotiations, you want to give them, ask them to take a step or to take a, uh, come to an agreement on a portion that they can easily and quickly agree to. That's uh, and versus asking them something that most people are not going to be ready to agree to, which is called a bridge too far. So you want to avoid a bridge too far by creating, by you know trying to come to an agreement on a little tiny step. A little tiny 
bit of agreement. And that pushes you a step closer to the big agreement that takes a bigger leap. So that is probably all we need to cover in this audio podcast portion of negotiating. Um, You could do a daily podcast. You could do a daily five-hour podcast on negotiating, probably. Um, But that's all we're going to cover at the moment. But if you read it, it's actually a pretty good overview of many or most of the primary topics of that of that book. So you can actually read that and, and get something out of it and improve your negotiating skills for real estate or for anything else to increase the odds of getting the amount of money that you want if you're a seller or getting a good deal and paying less if you're a buyer or just keeping it in escrow if you're a buyer or seller during a uh, pandemic economic crash Uh, and with coronavirus force majeure as we are in today. All right, thank you for joining us on this topic of lofts sold and negotiations. The website, you can fill out a little form to find out how much lofts sold for in downtown or other neighborhoods or condos or houses in any city in California. Also, if you see any properties, as I mentioned earlier, a property information packet is available on any loft, condo, or house, or a private preview is available upon request. Call 213-880-9910. Thanks for joining me. I'm Corey Chambers in Los Angeles. Your home sold, guaranteed, or I'll buy it. Thanks again. You take care. Bye-bye.